What's up, everybody? I'm TJ. And I'm Kelsey. And we are the, the Nashville, Nashville Wine Duo. Duo. California Winemaker Podcast. Yes, we've been on a podcast marathon lately, which has been really fun. We've been doing so many podcasts back to back, but it all just turned out that way and it's perfect. And like, you know, we're ending on this super high note with Manchi Wines. Yes. Alicia Sylvester, winemaker extraordinaire for Banshee Wines. So good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, we had a few technical issues, but hopefully they're behind us now and everything is wine and drinking and learning about you and your incredible winemaking skills. Awesome. Yeah, let's <laughs> dive into it. So why don't you start out just telling us about yourself and how you got into wine and how you ended up at Banshee. All right. So I'm Alicia Sylvester. I'm uh, native to California. I was born and raised in the Central Valley. Uh, Ceres is the actual town, but nobody really knows. It's very small. Uh, but Modesto, you might know. Nobody really knows. But you know where Gallo is from? That's in Modesto. So in the Central Valley. And so I grew up on a, on a small farm. And my family uh, comes from farming farmers. We've got cattle from my mom's side of the family and wheat. And then we have uh, almonds is what we call them in the Central Valley, but almonds is what consumers will call them, and uh, and also dairy. So lots of farm farming, lots of hard work in my family, and um, so when I grew up, I did lots of 4-H. I love dairy cows, so I, I showed Jersey little Jersey cows, and um, so I was very very active on the farm. And uh, going to school after I decided to go to, to um, after I w went to was going to go to college, and I was like, you know, I really want to get off the farm. I very much in high school I was like, I want I'm a little more rebellious, like punk rock, um, and I was like, get me off of the farm. Oh gosh, like you, you know, <laughs> it, it's very it's flat in the Central Valley. Um, it's 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 hot and dry, and I was like, get me get me off the farm. I, I need to do something else. Um, but then I, it became apparent to me that, um, oh, I have, I have different knowledge, this farm knowledge and this farm life that I was raised on. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is people, th this is different. I have weird knowledge that I, I know of that people don't know. I learned the circle of life very early. Like not all the kittens made it in the, in the batch. And you're just like, oh. But this is, you know, farm life. So when I went to college, I was like, okay, so I'm, I need to do something in agriculture because I realized that 2% of American uh, Americans come from farming families. And I recently even Googled this again, just to make sure, because I, I want to make sure I'm not spreading false information. And so I, you know, I Googled how many families come from farming families in the United States. It says less than 2%. Less than 2%. That's crazy. <laughs> less than 2%. So it was like, oh crap. So less than 2%. That's me. I'm the less than 2% then. And with that, then I need, I need to do something. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do something in the agriculture industry, even though initially I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to, but there's a lot, right? So I was raised around lots of orchards and so trees and trees and trees. I'm like, okay, that doesn't, I'm not, I like trees. I like houseplants better, but you know, I was like, no, nah, I'm not sure if that's my calling. 
so when I, uh, I started taking different classes, I'm like, okay, I like dairy. I definitely like dairy. That was great. And I also, so I forgot to mention that we had 20 acres of Zinfandel on our farm. So it's like 20 acres of Zinfandel. You're looking you're like, oh, whoa, that's kind of a lot. In the Central Valley, it's the size of your pinky nail, right? It's really, it's, it's nothing. And so it was a pet project for my parents to have, have we're wine growers. And now that I'm a, uh, uh, older I'm like no you're grape growers I'm a wine maker we're not growing <laughs> wine you're growing grapes and I'm making the wine but <laughs> so having this 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 knowledge about you know at Zinfandel we helped the Central Valley start really helped with our California wine just starting and really kicking off remember in the nine uh, in the 90s we had the white Zin you know white Zinfandel um, was really a huge the bag in the box. It was a big, big thing for California wine industry to like get get us going. And I mean, it's not my most favorite variety, but man, that really kicked off our industry. So I was like, I know some in, some things about grapes. I've, I've tied vines growing up, and and you know, fixed the irrigation things, and oh, so difficult. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll take some classes in wine. I, I don't, and so I'm like, oh. Oh, I think I like this better, the classes in wine, than the classes in dairy. Because I don't think I want to shovel uh, manure anymore. <laughs> I think I want to smell this. Wine smells really good, right? You, when you go and wine's fermenting, and when you're smelling wine, it's all good things. Now, when you're passing by dairies, usually it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that smells. So I, I was like, okay, I, I think I'm going to do something in the wine industry. And so from there, I, I just I just started taking do taking different classes. So my my studies are in ag business and a concentration in in marketing. And then my minor is in wine and viticulture. So with that minor, I was like, OK, let's see what kind of what do I want to do? So my first uh, first summer, I did an internship in the vineyard. So grower relations. I was a sugar sampler. This is very common. We need somebody to sugar all check all the sugars of our grapes. That's the sugar directly correlates to what the alcohol is going to be so we want lots of sugar so i was like oh man big binder big big binder the biggest one you can get full of vineyard maps and all through the central valley and so i would go uh, and make my schedule for 10 hours a day for six days a week checking sugars checking sugars and um I, I I got really good at you can kind of tell the varieties right. I got now I, I can I test with the lab now. I I brought in some grapes on Monday and I said I think it's gonna be twenty two seven and it was twenty two six. So wow. I, you know you got to dialed in. <laughs> so right, so I was learning all of this very this information. I'm like this is really cool, but I need people. I need people to talk with, right? In the vineyard, you're alone. So I'm like, okay, let's 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 try something else. So the next year, I did an internship in the analytical laboratory uh, at Bronco. So that's the fourth largest winery in the United States. That's in the Central Valley. And so I was running all wet chemistry and analysis. So sulfur analysis, pH, volatile acidity, all, just running all this analysis. And I didn't really know what, what I was doing, right? Because that's we're learning. And I'm like, what the heck is this? What is that? Why are the numbers like this? You know, very inquiring. I want to know what these numbers are learning how to pipette crazy and so it's very fun um but 
also, I, in the lab, you stay in the lab. I felt like I was in the box. I wanted to get out of the box. I wanted to do a few more things. So I was like, okay, this is great. I really like that. So then, um, so then my next internship was a harvest enologist position that was in Napa at a nice medium sized winery. And I was, uh, after having the experience at the large wineries, like, I think you need to get something a little, little smaller. Cause I want to really see these grapes. And, um, so that first harvest that I did, I knew it, that harvest in Napa was like, okay, hundred percent. I will be a winemaker. I, I, uh, I couldn't, my, I was just like, my mind was blown. I did. I didn't really like, ah, it was everything that I wanted. Right. So I get to do the vineyard, get to do the lab get to do winemaking, get to be, uh, you know, picking out barrels, get to be helping in the cellar, get to be doing everything, get to be talking with the consumers, get to be helping pouring, doing everything, wearing many hats, winemakers like hats. So we, I, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. We like control and we like hats. So I was like, oh yes, baby, I'm going to be, it seems like I, I, I should be a winemaker. This is just freaking awesome. And so and I was so nervous. I thought every every intern, they they will also ha must want to be a winemaker because how could they not? And I was talking with the mentor, and I was like, "Man, this is going to be some tough competition because if we get like seven interns at every winery every year, and they're all going to be winemakers, man, we have way too many winemakers. It's going to be hard for me to find a job." And uh, my mentor was like, oh, no, 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 not hardly any of the interns are going to become winemakers. And I was like, what? Like, what is, what is, I don't, I didn't understand. Because for me, it was very much, a, like, I knew it. It was my calling. I, I knew, oh, hell yeah, I want to be a winemaker. This is freaking awesome. And that was right after I graduated college. So right away. So after that, that was in um, 2011. And so from there I did the harvest hopping, right? Uh, Northern, Southern hemisphere, Northern and Southern. So I was, uh, so we started in Napa. Then I went to Australia. I worked at Molly Duker in South Australia. Then wow, from so Australia. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Left and I'm left-handed. So, hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, from there. So after Australia, I went to Italy. I worked in Umbria, Castello de Montagiove, 80 people in the town. I think I saw 20. It's teeny, tiny, tiny. Lovely, lovely. Then from there, I skipped over to, to Denmark, was at a cherry wine facility at Frederiksdale Kuspeden for two months, helping with some cherry wine, three-day <laughs> fermentation. Love that. Then from there, uh, I went to South Africa. I worked at Blauklippen Vineyards. Can't spell it. B-A-L-L-U. Yeah, so great. <laughs> Love it. The old, one of the, the older, oldest wineries in, um, in uh, let's see, we're going to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so then from there, I did another harvest in uh, Calistoga at Chateau Montalena. And then I finished my traveling uh, at in... Argentina. So that was at uh, Fincas Patagonia's Bodega Tapiz. So five different countries I was able to make wine in within like three, you know, three, two and a half years, really condensed. Um, it, you, I, I didn't see the spring for any of those years because it's summer, fall, winter, summer, fall, winter, summer, fall, winter, basically when you're going to the harvest. So after that, I was this, I, you kind of hit a plateau 
where, right, you, you want more, you want more responsibility. You want to make these the big decisions. You want to know why they're making the decisions. And, and the, you know, an intern is only going to get so much responsibility. So really, you know, I knew that. I was like, okay, time, time for me to put my roots in. And I had already done an internship too in Napa. And so I was like, okay, I think I need to come over here to Sonoma side. Lots of people have told me about, about Sonoma. I had visited many times, like, like the vibe, very chill. Um, and I was like, okay, let's, let's do Sonoma side. So I, I got uh, at har an extended harvest position at Sonoma Couture, right? We love Sonoma Couture Chardonnay. And that was pretty nervous for me because a lot of all the other wineries that I've been working at were not just white wine. Uh, Sonoma Couture did 90% uh, Chardonnay, and I was going to be the Chardonnay harvest enologist. I was like, oh man, I'm going to put all my eggs into one basket with Chardonnay. But really, it was just so fabulous learning. I mean, it's really intense when you're doing four round, four flights of 10 Chardonnays, and you need to come up with different descriptors for all of them, and really quickly with Mick. And I was like, this is great. Like, right, you really got to use your, your brain, really got to use your senses and really dial in your palate. Cause it, like, it, it's all the same. No, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> so um, from there, I, um, I was hired as the enologist at Lancaster Estate. So that's when I joined the Foley family at Lancaster Estate. And that is in Alexander Valley. So in the northern part of Sonoma County. And uh, I worked there for five years. I was quickly promoted to assistant winemaker. So myself and David Drake, the winemaker, we did everything together. So in terms of we, we had a very small production. I think we were taking around 100 tons. And it was me and him. He was on the forklift or I'm on the forklift. We, we were doing everything. So super hands-on, super like it's leeching. Like the terroir is, we're included. We are included in that terroir. <laughs> so just, and that's like what I really love too about winemaking was that, oh, here comes the farm girl aspect coming out of like, okay, we need to work hard. It's time to work really hard and get this, this um, product to, to our consumers. Get this fermented, you know? <laughs> so it was uh, fabulous. So I was at Lancaster for five years with David Drake. We had a great, great time. From there, I was promoted to winemaker at Maris, which is Foley's most prestigious Cabernet house. It's a cult winery in St. Helena, one of the original garage wineries. And with that, we were affected by the 2020 fires, but everything is okay. From there, I was promoted at the end of 2020 to Banshee Wine. So that's where we are now. Banshee um, was purchased uh from it was bought by Foley Family Wines in 2018. So I've watched, I've watched Banshee, and uh, now that I've taken it over as of 2020, it's really just been nuts, right? Now I'm, I was doing small, small, small winemaking, and now I'm able to do a mixture of like with our Banshee, the Sonoma County Pinot Noir. You can mm -hmm. find it at Trader Joe's. You can find these wines, right? Lancaster and Maris, you're not find, you're not really finding these readily available. So this is allows me to really get these wines out there to you guys at a really consistent product, good price, so we can have wines every day. But then I still get to keep that backbone from me and also from Banshee because Banshee also started very small. So we also get to make the small single vineyard wines like the Trenton Vineyard that I that I shared with you guys. This is only 150 cases, 200 cases. So very wow. small, very, diff very different range. So I'm really able to have 
real, a lot of fun and, and really have different types of wine. Whereas L Lancaster and at Maris, a lot of people, they, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, like, oh, and now it's like, oh my gosh, Alicia, I see your wine and hear it and I'm, and I'm taking a picture of it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, send it to me and I'll repost a picture of it. So it's super fun to be able to share my wines and to be able to get the, these wines out with the masses and so that people can really, we can keep elevating our palates, right? That's yeah. what we need to do. Yes, man, yeah. I love your enthusiasm and I love your story and just like I, I could definitely tell you're just like you're a go-getter and you also have fun while you do it have you don't fun. Take yeah, too seriously, which is a really good thing you know it's very refreshing and I can tell it's just it's it lights you up it's something that you really love so yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah thank you so much so it's you definitely you sent us sorry to cut you off you sent yeah, us the cut Mm -hmm. Well, we don't send a couple, but this yes. is we decided but to open. We, we opened the cost. So can you tell us about this and how it yes. differs from other... Because I see uh, it's from the restaurant River Valley in Sonoma. And yes. um, yeah, tell us about it. Okay, so even this... So I sent you this wine because it was really... It's a really fun and the wines that... So the wines that I sent them were the Banshee uh, Sonoma County Pinot Noir, the Banshee Trenton Vineyard uh, Pinot Noir, which is Russian River Valley, then the El Pino Club, the Cusp, which is Russian River, and then the Banshee Wines Sonoma County Cab, just for fun. So the fun thing is, is that the Trenton Vineyard, the, the these two wines, the Trenton and the Cusp, these are coming from the same vineyard. So that's why I included them because they're basically I've made the single vineyard for our direct for us, and then the Alpino Club. You're like, why do you keep selling Alpino Club? What is that? So let me tell you about that. El Pino Club, when you go into our tasting room in the, in the, right off the plaza in Healdsburg, there's a big sign. And you can see on the top here, it says El Pino Club. It's a big ass sign. People want to buy it. They want it. They want it. It's, it's like, we got it at a, like a flea market, a swap meet. It's been there since Banshee opened our tasting room and it's a, it's a great sign. So when we separated from our original owner, we were like, okay, we're, we're going to take the El Pino club and we're, we, that's going to be like, we're taking that name. Right. So we're going to do a little of the legalities. And so with that, we fully family wines decided to create an El Pino club with our best Pinot vineyards, site-specific and winemaker-specific too. So in the El Pinot Club range, there's four wines and they're all Pinot and they're all from different winemakers in different areas. So I do the Cusp, which has the sexy lips on the label. It's definitely the most promiscuous label. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do the Cusp and that's from Russian River Valley, predominantly the Trenton Vineyard. I think this year I'm going to put in some of our new vineyard, this Winter Circle, which is a whole creme de la creme. So this is so fabulous wine. So I make the one from Russian River. We have our winemaker from Ferrari Crano. She is making, we have High Haven, which is Anderson Valley. So that's up a little bit further north. And then we have from Santa Rita Hills, which is down by Santa Barbara. We have the Sea Floored, and that is done by our Foley Estates winemaker, Lorna. And then we also have 
one from Four Graces. It's called Funky Jewelry for the Jewelry Soils, and that's done by Tim Jones. So really cool, this club so that really we get cool. to have all these different wines from our best wine, you know, regions like these. It's just it's such a fun idea, and all the labels are completely different. Like they did, they look. The only thing that's is similar is this foil on the top that it says El Pino Club, and then on the back it has the El Pino Club. But other than that. They, the labels are super cool. Like the High Haven one is really pretty. You know, they used to grow a lot of weed in Mendocino, so then kind of spin off that with like trees and like a winking sun and just really, really fun. Um, like the seafloor, it has like a old scuba tank helmet on the floor of the vineyard. And I actually did think it was seaweed, but I, if you look at it, it's vines, right? <laughs> so I, I was like, oh, of course. So really, really fun. So with this wine and the way that I've, I've made this is that we want to have a lot of extraction going on here. So we're going to get nice. We're, this is going to be a fuller bodied Pinot Noir mm -hmm. that we're going to really, that I want to get some good extraction, but still respecting Pinot Noir, right? So we're not going to go to, it's not going to punch you in the face. It still has to be beautiful and pretty because I I think also Pinot Noirs from Russian River have a beautiful, pretty, and floral, floral characteristic as well. So this comes from one, one vineyard in the Russian River Valley. The reason why they call it the cusp is it because it's right on that cusp of the Russian River Valley. This vineyard is really fun because it has many different blocks, absurdly wacky names like Pasta Boys Hill, Old Barn, Lions Ridge. I was just over there today on the roller coaster block and I'm like, oh yeah, I know why they called it this because you know, it's hill like this and oh, and getting my booty workout. So really fabulous because it has so much fun, different exposure exposure blocks. So we're getting different ripening and we have lots of different clones bugged in there. So this is a really fun wine that I get to make um, and then get to make it different from the Trenton vineyard yeah. as well. So this one. Yeah, so I have a, this was a wonderful, I would say, how much oak did I put on this one? So this one's got 33% new French oak on this mm -hmm. for 17 months. Mm. Mm. Love it. It's so I good. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Mm. Like what you said, it you get you know the Pinot Noir, but it's got more going on. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's got a little body and structure to it. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more like bolder than mm. like I, I like you know the Pinot Noir can be a very wide range. Like you can have a super light Pinot Noir, you know, medium, heavy, really, 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 really heavy. And I think this one sits at a really good spot. It's like, oh, it's definitely would pair excellent with food, but it would be so nice just like cozying up, have it, you know, just a glass of it and just open it up. And I mean, even have like a little bit of chocolate or something with it, or I don't know. Mm. Just, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. This is like, you know, with fall coming too. It just, it's just, it just seems perfect. <laughs> It's so, like totally Pinot time. Yeah. I feel it because like that it's it's not quite it's that fake fall right where it's coming yeah. and then maybe we're gonna get a hot spike. But I I'm feeling that and I've definitely been drinking more Pinot Pinots because I and I'm a seasonal drinker. Everybody, you can drink wine whenever the heck oh, you totally. want. It, it, I don't. 
right? And I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, more Pinots, less Pinots. But this, this wine for sure, I, when I'm making wines, I really do some, you know, I don't like to tell people what you're tasting and what you're smelling because everyone has really different tastes and different associations and memories too with smell. Like I know a few things and I'm like, if I pick that up, I hate it. And I, and no, sorry, but yeah. if I, you know, I just have a bad association. So for me, I know, like, I really like to also be a texture and mouthfeel winemaker, right? Because yeah. we can feel this. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I always say, you know, when I'm describing wines, like, I want you to be able, I want you to be able to feel some weight of this wine. Be, I call them flabby McFlabsters. I don't want a flabby McFlabster. If you have a, that's, we'll just have a glass of water. Then. Yeah. I'm not going to waste those calories. <laughs> yeah you're like i want there to be a mouthfeel like i want it to be like yeah i love that that's like how you think Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes it's as simple as like when I'm making tasting notes and you're going through these blends and you have a, like a little moment, like, Oh, that, that tastes pretty good. I put a yum, yum. Oh, the descriptor was yum. That that's it. You know? And it's, that's, that's our job. And this is the wine is alive, right? This is, is a scientific uh, product. This is an agriculture product. This is with it's everything. And so I'm, I'm, it's very much, we have to be one with each other. So Sometimes I'm like having a bad day or the wine's not tasting that well. And I'm, I'm like, you are great and you are going to be just fine. And I have to give it some positive. Give a little pep talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, we won't put in any bad juju in there. We're going to give it positive reinforcement. That's awesome. <laughs> so why don't you go through talking about some of the other wines then and how they differentiate from this one? Yeah. So I'm going to go and get right into the Trenton because I like to compare and contrast them because they're from the same vineyards. This Trenton, when I was putting it together, I really want this to be laid down for the, for uh, for my wine club. So I want it. It's, it's a little tighter. It's going to have that nice bright acid, but it's still a little, it's like a little, little bit closed, which is fine. I want it to be that way. And then you can open it up in your glass. These wines are going at a little bit higher price so that I really, that's, I mean, if that's what if the prices are a little higher, then I want that to be relayed in in the style. And so this wine is just very beautiful. You're getting like that nice notes of cherry. Hey, 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 <laughs> that's Pinot Noir, right? And this has a teeny bit more oak. I put 36% new French oak, and I use different uh, different coopers. So usually, what I'm doing when I'm making these blends, I have the blocks separated for what I know I want for which, which wine, and then I separate things further okay these blocks can go together this and that and then i'll separate from the picking we'll have different tanks and separate things out different fermentation styles i like to ferment the dtc wines a little bit warmer because you are going to get some of that mouth mouthfeel there but i do like to play around with it and change things not keep everything super recipe because everything every year things change and the fruit's different so from there What's really fun with these wines is that they turn into a barrel select. At the end of the day, I have the lots from these vineyards and I go in and I select each barrel to go into the lot. So that's strenuous, but it's super fun. And really of like, okay, this is the style of what we're going for, where this, the Trenton is going to be a lot more like delicate and lighter, but definitely still, still there right yeah. it's hard for me to like always talk about the wine and then i can't taste it yet because i can't 
shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have a Corbin. Otherwise, we would have opened all of them. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. have one. That's what we talked about before. Yeah, you guys should get a Corvin. You guys are really the perfect. So I, we have a Corvin here at the winery and it, I found that it helps a lot because we end up, and it's kind of more sustainable, right? Yeah, we, we're a sustainable winery and I, I really like, I don't mind, like people want wines to drink, right? We give them to the lab or whatever. So I have these four wines now that they each have just one glass down and if i give it to all you know i'll give it you can drink it with pinot corvin bottles i have i can tell they're not it's not going to last as long because it's more delicate but you know i would drink it instead of like you have to drink it in the next two days you can drink it this month right and or 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 spread it out i have some older ones i'm like oh this one's been corvid a little bit too long but it really helps. So then, then if I give it, to, if we give it to somebody in the lab, or we give it to uh, my neighbor, I'm like, hey, drink that. But you don't have to drink it right now. And I'm not forcing people to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and myself as well. I can't drink all these four bottles of Monday. <laughs> what would you say is the big difference in like the tour between like where where the Russian River Valley is, Pinot Noir, and say like Washington? Okay, well, so I haven't been to Washington quite yet, so I really can't tell tell you the differences of the of the terroirs. Now, Washington, they ma- they're making more Cabernet, so in the eastern Washington, it's going to be warmer. It's going to be more. I, I looked into. I was like, oh, they're making Cab in Washington, so in, in the eastern Washington. Now, Oregon, that's where they're making t- tons of Pinots. That's like I feel like our one of our. Um, uh, lovely competitors of get, getting these pinots up and going and what i see is in differences i mean all avas are different and you can't really generalize one uh you know i can, what i say is not go for everything for the ava but what i've seen from some of the oregon pinot noirs is that they definitely have more rustic notes more leather where it where in sonoma county you're going to have a little more fruit forward you're going to have some very fruity and pretty in that russian river area and then we have a fun fun um fun descriptor called the Sonoma aroma Mm -hmm. and so sometimes so that actually is like a because there used to be a lot more dairies and so you're getting so in the soil from many 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 years ago this is why you can get some of these Sonoma aroma peanuts Sonoma aroma I like that well, if you really know what it means, and it's not always the best because it oh. means that that's like I'd like it the it's 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 a the terroir where too many cows were around, right. right? So right. that was that right. kind of that. But that's not a bad thing necessarily. No, exactly, yeah. and people like a, what I see is like people like a funky pinot. People like Hell like yeah. they like pinot is forgiving in terms of like I just don't I don't want to make a flabby McFlabby, but I people like a little spice. They like some mushroom. They like fruit. We like pinot's fun. I'm yeah. like. Yeah, so it's I really really like that, and that's where we can work with those vineyards and work with that terroir of knowing. Oh, okay, this one has some of that funky notes, but this one over this vineyard over here is super fruity. This vineyard over here is a spicy, right? So it's like, how are we putting these together? And then I'm using different barrel co- cooperages to to pair with those 
different terroir characteristics as well to um, get get something new, get something for Banshee, you know, we can, I'll switch over to the Sonoma County Pinot Noir is I'm making crowd, crowd pleasing wines, yeah. wines that you can really bring to any party or you feel really comfortable. Like, okay, I don't know anybody at the party and I don't really know anything about wine, but if I'm going to bring this Banshee, people are going to like right. it in ma majority of the time. So I'm going for really crowd pleasing wines that are complex right not sweet we're still we still got balance and structure because i want these this is like the gateway drug right. our sonoma county um you know banshee P, the sonoma county pinot noir the sonoma county cab this is our, our gateway drug so that you <laughs> so that you can drink every day and, and afford it mm -hmm. and then you know you're when you're you're gonna get our palates up and up and up so that you can then really appreciate these single vineyard wines and really you know what we all the work we put into it and your palate can appreciate it and then we'll get your palate up there too so that you can start tasting better and better and better wines in our fully portfolio i mean we have tons of wineries it's great that's awesome <laughs> okay and then the final one was the cabernet cab yeah. yeah so when i so when i started with so if we listened into my story a lot of those wine wineries where i was working were bordeaux fo uh they're bordeaux focused uh yeah, and so I have been a cab winemaker and really focusing on on high end cabernets. And so when I joined with Banshee, I was like, "All right, let's let's do the Pinot, let's do it." And I noticed we had um, our cabernet that we we had like a Napa cab, we kind of did like a Paso cab. It was a program that was not focused, and it, it didn't it didn't seem sustainable either. Banshee is Sonoma County. That's our, our, our main focus is Sonoma County. So why would I do a Nat Napa cab? I think we just had some extra fruit or something. So we really honed in. I said, let's do Sonoma County. And I know all these, you know, I've worked with Foley Family Wines for eight years. So I'm very friendly with the other winemakers. I'm like, hey, you got anything extra? You got some leftovers? So that's kind of how it started. Now this program has grown to where it's, it's coming up, up to par with my Pinot. Yeah. So that's great. It's really great. So with the Cabernet, I mean, we're changing the ball game here. This is gonna. I wanna. You. I want you to feel it all over your palate, all over it, and I want you to feel it after you're you're drinking it, right? <laughs> so this 2021 was the first year that we really got the Sonoma County. I made a nice, nice, big, beautiful blend, and it got good fruit in there. It was. It's some good, good mountain stuff that probably <laughs> shouldn't have been in it, but hey, hey, I'll take it. So with that, you know, we want to have the nice, but I need to make it approachable. So I have to make sure I have to make sure we're not extracting too much because some people don't want, right? We need to find that nice balance so that we're not punch you in the face. And that this is, these are also drink now wines, mm -hmm. right? This is, this is a drink now. And then on my DTC, the single vineyard wines for the wine club, those are lay it down. Let's have, let's a special occasion, uh, you know, having babies, having Thanksgiving dinners, all that kind of stuff. But these wines are for, for drinking now and for enjoying and having conversations. When I talk about Banshee, so like Banshee is a really fun brand. It was, it was founded in, created in 2008. I think the first vintage was, uh, they opened in 2009. And so 
it started very small and very whimsical, right? The name Banshee, no, it's not for the lore character uh, that that is a woman who screeches out and you hear the Banshee call and then you're going to die. That's not it at all. Goodness gracious, very aggressive. <laughs> and if you look at the Banshee bottle, there's this weird looking bird thing on there too. So they're like, oh, that must be the Banshee. No, it's not. It's actually a cockatrice. You're like, a what a huh? It's a cockatrice. And I try to say that at work as much as I can. No. <laughs> so going back, so what when they were coming up with this brand, they saw they this cockatrice, when they were they were in the there's three founders, they were in their San Francisco apartment. I think they were having some herbal remedies some California, San Francisco herbal remedy to be creative, get those creative sparks flying. And the, in their apartment, the medallion that was on the, the mantelpiece was this cockatrice, was this bird that's on the front of the bottle. So it, that, that's it. They're like, that's cool. We want that. That thing's cool. I want that. When you Google it, it's a thing. It's a mythical serpent, chicken dragon. Oh yeah, great. And um, and I guess if you it looks at you, you you turn to stone. So also pretty intense. So with the with the name, basically they had all the packaging done. They just didn't have the name, and they're like, we need to print the labels basically tomorrow. What the heck is the name? And they couldn't, they, they just couldn't come up with it. Somebody's dog was barking crazy. And one of the, the, the founders lost it and was like, hey, your dog is shut up, barking like a banshee. And that, that was as simple as that. So super fun. So when Banshee opened its tasting room in, uh, in off the Healdsburg Plaza here in Northern Sonoma County, um, it, it was a revolutionary of its time in 2013 because they wanted it to feel, and it still does, like their apartment. Feel relaxed, seating, come in and chill. And that, like, there's a couch. That was record player. That wasn't the way it was in 2013. People were still doing bar top tastings, right? Mm. All bar top tastings. Hey, thank you, ma'am. Yes, please. I love it because it's very efficient. I can get in and out and do lots of wine tasting. But really, Banshee is about having conversations and creating memories and, and really having a great time with friends and together. And then my job is hopefully when you're having the glass of wine and you're having all these great conversations and you're making new memories, you're like, holy crap, this wine's pretty good. You know, then we, we shift into the wine. But that's how, that's Banshee. So we're fun, we're whimsical, we're kind of a new brand. So we get to be, you know, we don't have to follow the rules or be as strict all the time. And it's, it's just, it's, that's, that's my job is really have it. Everyone needs to have a great time. And I'm hoping that I can just help your palate elevate as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really memorable brand. I mean, not only is the wine really, really good, but I do think the name stands out, you know, um, and the packaging and the labels, all of that, like you can tell all that kind of goes into play. Um, but I love it. I think, I think it's great wine and I totally agree with what you're saying too. I think that it's like, you want to guarantee when you're going somewhere, like if you're going to bring a bottle of wine, like you can bring this and feel confident that people are going to like it. hundred yeah. percent. Like you're not going to question like, Oh, maybe they only like really, really dry. Or maybe they only like super fruity wines. It's like, this is going to fit a palette for either way. I think, I think it's very crowd pleasing. So like even someone that likes really, really, really dry, you know, base mini reds or someone that likes a super, fruities in I think they're going to be able to find a really good like middle middle ground with this wine and they could still like it a lot yeah yeah the that's... other thing yes. I love about you just listening to you talk and your energy you said earlier this wine's in Trader Joe's but then you've got your wine club you know and stuff like that 
you want everybody to experience your wine. All, yeah. all walks of life, all price points. You want to get into, into the hands of people and just experience this. And I feel like so many other people may, well, this is this is what we do. It's just, uh, this expensive and only this kind of group of people can partake in this and enjoy this. You know what I mean? But you were like, no, hell no. I want everybody to like try this, taste it, experience this. So I think that's just so yeah, cool. Yeah, I want everyone to, to enjoy this and love yeah. that wine and yep. like wine as much as I yep. do and have a passion for it. And yeah, because, you know, we've been doing this for a while now and we love the more people that we meet that are not pretentious about wine mm -hmm. and that they, yeah, they think that it can be for everybody and that there's not this like rule set on it and you don't have to know everything and it doesn't have to be only meant for like super sexy people like and it can be for every person out there and that's what we love about wine is we think it's like all inclusive to everybody so totally. yeah what's your favorite uh wine bridal to make is there can you kind of pinpoint one that you really really enjoy whether it's so delicate and difficult that you like the challenge or it's like what is there one that kind of sticks out to you that you really enjoy making I really, I make cabs, Bordeaux. I really like yeah. making cabs, but I really like to make wine. And yeah. I think the the difference, what I like to say is you kind of, I, I, for me, Bordeaux varieties, they like a, like a little bit of a tough love, mm -hmm. like a little bit of like a spanking. They like yeah. it. Right. Yeah. So I, I give it the slap the tank. Yeah. yeah you know, like, <laughs> and then with like Pinot Noir and Burgundian varieties, they need the positive affirmations and like hugs and kisses. And I'm like out in the vineyards, like, you guys got this. Let's ripen. Let's go. <laughs> like where like Cabernet can kind of take it. It likes yeah. it's more like the Scorpio in me and the, and the, the Pinot's more like a Gemini. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's how I kind of say, like, I really, it's about, making that bond I think for me a lot too of what's my favorite variety what's my favorite it's the favorite like vineyard it's the site it's it's where where you are and you're like I love it here yeah right? uh, it's it's uh yeah especially those the vineyards we have out in Anderson Valley they're just man you you it you see the sunrise and that morning light coming over and you're, it just makes you want to cry it is yeah. it's so it's gorgeous so yeah. we're just so lucky do you feel like your parents are pretty proud of you? Did they like not expect this whole thing to happen for you to end up essentially being in farming again? Uh, well, I wouldn't, I would not call myself a farmer. I have to make okay. that very clear because I'm a farmer's daughter. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. And there is, it's a, it's a big difference because there are some people who say they're farmers. No, my dad's a farmer and my brother's a farmer okay. and I'm a farmer's daughter and I'm You're a winemaker. Wine and yeah. so I know I have to know my place. And I tell people it's, it's, it's great because having this agriculture background and when I'm in vineyards with growers, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I am, I come from a grower's family. That's what I say. I, I'm not a grower. I come from a grower's family, gotcha. okay. you know, that's that. And so I understand and then I can I can relate with people more and then I don't want to step on toes right vineyard viticulture vi uh, grower relations we those are a whole different job too so I want to make sure that we're really working together and 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 I'm not I don't want to be the know-it-all right I want yeah. everybody to know everyone has a lot of knowledge and we all need to share it work together and I think that's that's definitely the best best way to go about it okay 
Cool. But yes, yeah. they're very proud of me, but I will always say I'm not. I have a mug too. It says farm girl. I'm a farm girl. I'm not a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. That's great. And I'm sure they are extremely proud of you because you have a lot to be proud of. So thank you. That's awesome. Okay. One last question before we wrap this up. You mentioned punk rock. What were some of the punk rock bands that you enjoyed? So it was like a lot of like emo screamo from the 2000s. Give it right? to me. So like Taking Back Sunday, Census Fail. My favorite fail. band. My favorite band. <laughs> Take it back. That's who I mow the lawn to every week. Every week. Oh my gosh. Taking yeah. Back Sunday. Yeah. I have a, I went to, when was their concert? I wear one of their concert shirts to bed, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, um, like Blink 182. Yeah. 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 All, so all you, the all the ones brand you still, new. Do you still consider yourself a punk rock girl? Uh yeah. I mean, I listen to a lot of different music, so I can yeah. get super whiny and 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 grungy, or like I like a lot of like screaming. But like that's only at a, most people don't like it. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then you'll see me the other way, and I have like the EDM stations, like house heavy, like so. <laughs> I like a lot of different music. That's awesome. <laughs> But I think so. The the albums that I bought with, because uh, I got a record player, I got my parents' albums. But I bought four when I was uh, in LA on Hollywood Boulevard. System of a Down, oh, brand yeah. brand new, Taking Back Sunday, the greatest hits. I didn't have their uh, that, and then ZZ Top. Those nice. are the, the albums I got. That's pretty so. diverse. Uh, that, that's a pretty diverse group. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, and I think next is going to be Rufus the Soul, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, well, I mean, if we ever come your way, we'd love to just maybe interview you in person sometime. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Please let 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 me know. Um, yeah, let me know whenever you're coming to California in Sonoma County or anywhere. Foley Family Wines. We've got wineries uh, all throughout uh, California. We've got uh, one in Washington and in in uh, Oregon. So we are. Where we got wines for you guys to taste. Yeah, and earlier I meant I meant Oregon. I'm just like he he's literally got me on. It's, this is the fourth podcast in two days. Yeah, I, I saw you guys are doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, we're doing a lot. So my mind. <laughs> I gotta keep it on on task. You know what I mean? We're talking about so much stuff, and it went all the way from like we were talking to two wineries in Georgia. Yes, the state of Georgia. There's a lot of wineries there. A lot oh, of people don't know about it. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. And then we went yeah. all, all the way to this morning. Then a man. A, <laughs> of a vineyard in this man makes prosecco that has been around for like forever so we had him this morning and then we went to a tasting with him and then it was like so it's like now we're in california we're doing the world tour so it's just like everything (laughs) so many different places um but we just really appreciate you doing this with us today and it's been so fun to talk to um and yeah we'd love to meet you in real time sometimes yeah it's my pleasure i had a great time talking with you guys yes tell everybody where we can find uh, banshee wines on on uh social media yes okay so we got bansheewines.com for our uh regular website and then i think we're just banshee wines at instagram yep i'm looking at it banshee wines (laughs) banshee wines (laughs) Yeah, and then you can, uh, yeah, BansheeWines.com will take you to the website, and you guys can figure everything out, buy lots of wines, and then when you go to buy, it will then take you to the the deep site, and it'll show you all the wines in the Foley family if you want to dig around and get some good goodies. And then um, you can you can get this in Nashville, right? Do you know? I think. Uh, okay, let's see. I, I, I yeah, I think so. 
I, I mean, know, I'm sure on yeah. the website there's a, lo- a locator on like all the places I would think where oh, you could find it. No. But I'm, I'm not know. sure. Okay. I just try to make it. <laughs> well, I feel like I've seen it before. We're gonna find out and post the hell of yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> share it with me so I so I can tell people. We'll figure it out. There's yeah, you're like, I just made this stuff. <laughs> well, I haven't been yet to Nashville, so I'll have to check. <laughs> Uh, yeah we'll figure it out because we love it but either way i'm sure people could get it and get it sent to them there's i'm sure you guys have a wine club and stuff like that too oh heck yeah yeah all that info is online and yeah and then yeah check it out at your local stores and if you find it tag me and i'll repost it yeah Um, (laughs) oh thank you well cheers to banshee cheers cheers Cheers. Cheers. thank you Oh my gosh. Okay. 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 So did I just hang up? Bye. Okay. Leave.